So the first thing I did in developing this sermon led by the Holy Spirit, the first thing I did was Google resurrection. That's how I begin. All the preachers out there. So you begin by just simple definitions. What is, you know, resurrections. So I, I don't look up Christian websites. I don't. Intentionally, I want to hear what the world has to say about resurrection. I'm going to tell you what I looked up. Dictionary.com, Maximilian, Merriam-Webster, Collins. And then I kept on going on Google and every single secular webpage had the same answer. Which is weird. Because usually there's variations, right? On this occasion, they had the same identical answer. Resurrection. Raising from the dead. Restoration to life. Rising from the dead. Return from the dead. Jesus. No, I don't know if you're getting this. These are not Christian websites. All of the websites that I looked, and, and I mean, and I did not like look for them intentionally. I just went, this one, what does it say? Resurrection, Jesus. All right, the next one. Resurrection, Jesus. The next one, resurrection, Jesus. How about this one? Resurrection, Jesus. I don't know if you're getting this. These are not Christian websites. How about this? The entire world knows that when you talk about resurrection, it's Jesus. And, and we have to be politically correct and very nuanced about it because we're living in an uberly sensitive, easily offendable world. So we have to be careful now. But they didn't mention any other prophet or any other God or any other religious leader. The only one that appeared on the list was Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, resurrection is Jesus. This is our core Christian belief, and I want to repeat it. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And on the third day, he resurrected from the dead. But this is non-negotiable. It is not fluid. It is solid as a rock. It is an eternal absolute, which means what? It means that we are gathered right now. It's Sunday in California. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. The rain has stopped. It's a sunny day out there. It's beautiful. The reason why you're not playing sports out there, the reason why you're not in the Galleria or the arcade, the reason why you're not walking your dog around at this time, rather you're in God's house, the reason you're here is because Jesus resurrected from the dead. The reason you're here is because you're not serving a religion or a dead God or a philosophy or an idea of man. You know that you know that you know that you know that 2,000 years ago on the third day, Jesus resurrected. He raised from the dead he is right now at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. That's why here we lift up the name of Jesus because there is resurrection power in that name. Resurrection is Jesus. I am the resurrection. I am life eternal. John chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So it's resurrection. The first thing you have to do is to live this holy mystery out of resurrection power, you have to believe it. It doesn't wrap up with Jesus being resurrection. I want you to look up here because this is one of my favorite verses. I quote it frequently because it is one of my top three verses in the entire universe. Not only do we know that Christ is resurrection, but the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Romans 8, 11, you need to put that verse somewhere on your, on your refrigerator, put it somewhere on your iPhone, put it somewhere on your forehead. Do you realize that inside of you, what you have inside of you, it's not just any, this, what you have inside of you, Mylanta can't take care of this. The, 
price to lay can't what you have inside of you, my friends, the same identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. No, 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 no. Let me ask you, if, you, if you're born again, raise one hand. If the blood of Jesus forgave you of all your sins, raise both hands. If you would die tonight and you would end up in the presence of God, raise both hands and a foot. If you're 100% certain that you're saved by the blood of the lamb, raise both hands and both feet. That means that you with your hands raised, you have someone living inside of you. No, you don't have an it. You have a person, the ghost of Jesus. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. This is why you keep getting up. This is why you can't stay down. This is why you can't be permanently defeated. This is why you may have lost the battle, but you will never lose the war. This is why your enemies can't explain you, your friends are baffled by you, and hell can't stand you. Because every time they think it's over, you get back up and praise like you're getting started. Every time the enemy thinks you're done, you get back up. Every time hell thinks you're done, you get back up. Matter of fact, the spirit is greater than you. Every time you think you're done, you get right back up. Every time you tell God I'm giving up the next day, you keep on going. Why? You think it's your resilience. You think it's your wherewithal. You think it's your courage. You think it's your acumen. No, the reason why you keep getting up has nothing to do with you. It has to do with greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I wish you would get this right now. There is someone living inside of you that won't let you quit, that won't let you die, that won't let you stay down, and won't let you be defeated it's not you it's the spirit of Jesus that lives inside of you greater is he you have oh boy the question is are you living a resurrection life every single day are you living a resurrection life every day the apostle Paul put it this way and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. Philippians 3.10. Resurrection power people talk differently, live differently. They praise differently. I wish you would get this. God wants you to live with that power every single day. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So why are you walking like, why are you walking with your head down? Why are you walking like there's no hope? Why are you living like it's all over? You have resurrection power inside of you. That same spirit lives inside of you. The best way of showing you this and showing you what resurrection power looks like is by looking at the three different occasions where Jesus raised someone from the dead. On three occasions, Jesus, when he was here on planet Earth, physically, in three and a half years of ministry, he raised three people from the dead. He raised a boy up that I'm going to read to you right now from Luke chapter 7. He was already in the coffin in the funeral procession. He raised the Jairus' daughter up, and then he raised his friend Lazarus up from the dead. Three occasions. Everybody say three occasions. 
the next few weeks between now and Easter, we're going to break down these resurrection stories. We're going to extrapolate biblical truth that will change your life forevermore and empower you to live a life full of his resurrection power. Let's begin with the narrative of Luke chapter 7. It's a story about a procession. Here's a woman who's a widow with a boy. Let's maybe read it for you. Luke chapter 7. Here it is, verse 11. Shortly afterward, Jesus left on a journey for the village of Nain with, with massive crowd of people following him along with his disciples. As he approached the village, he met a multitude of people in a funeral procession. I wish I could illustrate this. For that, I need a funeral procession and a coffin. Who, who were mourning as they carried the body of a young man to a cemetery. The boy was his mother's only son and she was a widow. Put this in perspective. Here's mom. Mom is with a funeral procession, a group of people. They're walking around. We could visualize this. They're walking around with the casket, with the coffin, right? And the son is in the coffin. He's dead. He's been dead. Already through the Jewish ritual, he's been dead for a while. So he's dead. Mom is a widow, which means she lost her husband, and now she lost her only son. So mom is broken. Watch this. Mom is broken. <laughs> when the Lord saw the grieving mother... His heart broke for her. With great tenderness, he said to her, please don't cry. I want to put this in perspective right now. The holy mystery of living in resurrection power requires you to believe that you have that power. The holy mystery of living with resurrection power requires you to speak into and not about. Let me explain. So I wish I could really illustrate this. They have a bunch of people. They have a coffin. Jesus comes along. He sees the procession. The Bible says that he was moved and he was attracted to what? The boy who was dead? Stop. He was attracted to the dead boy. To the coffin. A young boy who died prematurely. What was he attracted to? He was attracted to a mother who was crying. No, put, put this, wait, flip this. Mom cried. Subsequently, obviously, Jesus resurrects him. Mom cries. Jesus wasn't attracted to the dead boy. He was attracted to the crying mother. No, you're still, you're still missing. You're going to get it in a minute and 18 seconds. Jesus wasn't, the Bible doesn't say, and Jesus was moved by a dead boy. No, he was moved by a crying mother. Because Jesus is not attracted to dead things. You want God to show up and deal with your drama when he wants to deal with your destiny. <laughs> you want God to fix the problem, but if your problem is dead, God's not going to show up because of your problem. God's going to show up because of your promise. Are you getting this right now? He's not attracted to the dead things. He's attracted to the living things. Stop telling God to show up and deal with the drama when he talks more about the destiny. It's not about the circumstance. It's about his covenant. He's attracted to the living thing. Why seek ye the living among the dead? But by the way, it was mom who opened up her mouth. The boy never cried. The boy never, the boy was dead. He never wept. He never cried. He never said, God, resurrect me. No, because he couldn't, because he was dead. It was mama. Mama cried. Stop for a second. Jesus was attracted to a crying mother. Stop for a second. The boy subsequently resurrected. There's a movie, as you will know, that I'm producing coming out April 17th. It's the story of a boy who died. The boy resurrected because his mom walked into the hospital room and said, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life. Now, if mom never would have walked in there and said that, would the boy be alive today? 
I was with that boy a couple of weeks ago, actually last week, and I'm with him and, I, and I'm interviewing him and I go, dude, if your mom would never have opened up her mouth, you would be underneath the ground right now. I looked at him and said, the reason you're alive right now is because your mama opened up her mouth. It's not even about you. It's about what your mama did. In other words, hey, sunshine, you should be grateful that you were surrounded by the kind of people that cried unto God when you couldn't cry out for yourself. I'm going to preach now. You need to surround yourself with people that will cry out unto God when you can't cry out yourself. You need to surround yourself with people that will plead to God when you can't plead for yourself. When you're emotionally dead, when you're broken, when you don't have the strength. If you've never been there, I've been there. I've been in a place in my life where I couldn't lift up my head or I couldn't give God the glory or I couldn't give God praise and I was dying but I had a mama who cried out for me and I had people who loved me who cried out for me are you with me right now not everyone is your friend but you need to surround yourself with people that will praise you out of your pit and shout you out of your hell and worship you out of your tribulation Does anybody here have the kind of people in their lives that'll, 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 that, that'll pray you out? If you have that kind of person, raise one hand. If, if you're in your past, if, if you've seen people show up that prayed you out and praised you out and helped you out, that they were crying out when you couldn't cry out for yourself, raise both hands. God, Jesus, was not attracted to the dead boy. He was attracted to the crying mother. Are you getting this right now? He was attracted to someone. It, it wasn't. She could. Because of what came out of her mouth. Jesus. The boy. Because she. Jesus. Because she. Jesus. Because she. Jesus. He did nothing. He was the recipient of someone else's intercession. What does that have to do with you? Do you have loved ones that are dead right now? I said, do you have loved ones that are dead right now? That are spiritually dead? Emotionally dead? Are you walking in the procession of a coffin and people that you love right now seem to be dead? Dead in their sin? Dead in their past? Dead in their brokenness? Well, instead of whining about it, how dare you to open up your mouth and cry out unto God? Because God will never ignore your cry. There's a mother here praying for her children. Put a shout on your lip. God's gonna. There's a father praying for his family. Put a praise on your lip. Because Jesus will never ignore the cry of a mother or a father who will cry out unto his name. For those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He never ignores that. He never ignores that. He never got, he never ignores that. He never ignores that. Oh boy, calm down, sunshine. The cry of a mother or a father interceding for their spiritual sons or their physical sons and daughters who may be physically or spiritually dead or dying will never be ignored. How? Oh. You want God to focus on what's in the coffin when he would rather focus on what's outside of the coffin. When what's outside of the coffin draws the attention of God, then what's in the coffin will experience the touch of God. Ah, ha, ha, ha. 
Surround yourself with people whose prayers, praise, worship, intercession prompt God to look your way. Oh, here it is. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. They're walking with the coffin. And the woman cries out. Jesus is moved by the cry. Moved by the cry. Listens to her cry. The power of intercession, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, use it. Open up your mouth. Don't be quiet. Cry unto God. And I'm, so here it is. They, they're walking. Man, I really needed a coffin here for this. I like to, to illustrate everything. This would be so cool. They had a coffin, man, and they were taking the boy, and he's dead. And then Jesus, this is what he does. Let me show you. The Bible says he hears her, and he looks at, what a crazy statement to make. Jesus looks at her and says, to a widow woman whose son just died in the middle of a funeral procession, he looks at her and says, don't cry. What do you mean don't cry? That wasn't that, it wasn't Jesus being apathetic. It wasn't an exercise in cruel apathy. It was actually holy empathy. What does that mean? Jesus is telling her, hey, hey, sunshine, stop crying. The, the Greek word is stop what you're doing. Stop crying. The reason he's telling her stop crying is because I want you to stop crying because I'm about to do something in your life that's going to change your... What if I tell you that you're about to stop crying because what I'm about to do next in your life is going to prompt you to go from crying to praising and from mourning to dancing. What if I tell you that I have the power to change your brokenness into blessedness? I want you to stop crying already, but he told her to stop crying before he gave the son back life. I wish you would get this. He told her to stop crying. Read it. The Bible says that the procession halted. Stop. They were on the way. They were on the way to bury the boy. And when Jesus talked to her, the procession stopped. We call that divine interruption. It stopped. It stopped. It halted. You, you may be en route right now. You may be carrying the proverbial coffin. You may be carrying your dream and your destiny. Maybe you're about to bury your dream because things have gone so much against you. Maybe you're about to bury your joy. You're saying, I'll never be happy again in my life. Maybe you're about to bury peace and faith. Maybe you're questioning God. Is he real in your life? You can't explain why he permits things and things happen in your life. Whatever, it may be your relationship. It may be your marriage you're about to bury. It may be a dream that you have, a destiny, a gift, an anointing, a ministry, a calling. You may be en route. You may be in the proverbial funeral procession about to bury something that you love that had great destiny, but somehow it died. I'm here to tell you today, you're not here by coincidence and you're not listening by coincidence. This is the day of divine interruption. What does that mean? I'm here to tell you, Jesus, the way, interrupted your way in order to turn things around in your favor. Divine interruption. Here it is. The boy was already dead, wrapped up in a coffin. Jesus tells her to stop crying and touches the coffin. The outcome was already there. God can change the outcome. God can change the outcome. 
I'm going to say that one more time. Even if the process already took place, God can change the outcome. No, this is God changing this is God changing the grade after you took the exam. God can change the outcome. It's not over until God says it is over. I'm going to say that one more time. It's not over until God says it is over. In your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your health, in your finances, in your destiny, in your dream, in your gifting. It's not over until God says it is over. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the author and the consumer of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. It's not over until God says it is over. When Moses and the Israelites were facing the Red Sea, followed by the army of Pharaoh in Egypt they thought it was over but it wasn't over when Gideon had 300 fighting against the Midianite marauders it looked like it was over but it wasn't over when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in a fiery furnace and they turned up the heat it looked like it was over but it wasn't over when Paul was bitten by a snake in the island of Malta it looked like it was over but it wasn't over and 2,000 years ago Christ was crucified, nailed to a cross, shed his blood, pierced on the side, water and blood came out. He was dead. They put him in a tomb, in a tomb that even wasn't his. But when they thought it was over, when the devil thought it was over, when the Pharisees thought it was over, when the Roman officials thought it was over, when his haters thought it was over, on the third day, it wasn't over because it's not over until God says it is over. I'm here to tell you this Sunday, put a shout on your lip. It's not over until God says it is over. If you believe that, shout like it's not over. Praise like it's not over. I dare you to high five three people. Tell them it's not over. Tell them it's not over. 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 is coming back to life I sense an anointing whatever's dead in that coffin is coming back to life I said whatever's dead in that coffin is coming back to life you may be en route to burying it but God's about to bring it back to life it's not over 
It's not over, it's not over, it's not over, it's not over. It's not over. Stand with me. You are standing. Look up here for a second. Look up here. Jesus touches. Jesus touches the coffin. I wish I could. without using these phrases but in a de facto way implicitly they were just saying you're dead and somehow God divinely interrupted the procession how many are here because God showed up at the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs no one on but you follow what I'm saying how many are here because when everybody was carrying you about to be buried you were wrapped up in a coffin Jesus showed up and said, I'm not done with him yet. I'm not done with her yet. It's not over until I say it is over. That's the mercy and the grace of Jesus. And please forgive me for getting excited about this. But you can't beat resurrection power. You Look up here for a second. You really want to go deep? Jesus never touched the boy. Touched the coffin. He doesn't even have to touch you. He has to touch the stuff you're in. he gets close to are you following me right now he didn't even need to touch his skin he touched the coffin he touched the stuff that he was in how about if today is the day whatever you're into what if God touches whatever you're in and you receive that resurrection power and that abundant life right now Immediately, the young man moved, sat up, and spoke to those nearby. Jesus presented the son to his mother. Alive! Exclamation point. A tremendous sense of holy mystery swept over the crowd as they witnessed this miracle of resurrection. They were crying before, but now they shouted praises to God, saying, God himself has visited us to bless his people. A great prophet has appeared amongst us. They went from crying to praising in a matter of a Maserati minute. Boom. Was Jesus attracted to the dead boy? He was attracted to what? 
whatever is dying in your life, whatever died in your life, spiritually, metaphorically, prophetically speaking, all you need to do is open up your mouth. God will respond to you. He responds to the living. He responds to your worship in the midst of your warfare. He responds to your praise in front of the problem. He responds to your declaration in front of all the drama. He responds to the hell, to the, not to the hell in front of you, but to the heaven inside of you in order to make sure the hell will never overcome the heaven. But he responds to you, to the living. Look up here. This morning, the Holy Spirit, and I say this with fear and trembling, and of course you know this. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, tell them. Some of them have seen coffins of their children and their loved ones, spiritually speaking. You're, there's people in your life who are spiritually dead. And you've been worried about them. This is the last moment you'll be worried about them. What if I tell you that today your crime will prompt God to bring them back to life? Now you're saying hallelujah. I don't know if you believe it. What if I tell you today that if you dare cry out unto God, even though they can't cry out and they're dead and they're not crying out to God, what if your cry will prompt God to bring life into them? At the count of three, I want you to cry out for every family member, every friend, every loved one in your life who is in that coffin right now. I am believing this resurrection series, this resurrection season, that those that are dead in your life will come back to life. Those that are spiritually dead in sin will come back to life. At the count of three, cry out unto God. One, two, three. Do that right now in this place. Open up your mouth and cry out unto God. Cry out unto God for your loved ones. Cry out unto God for those that are being carried in that proverbial coffin. Cry out unto God right now. Let the power of Jesus, let the blood of Jesus, let the grace of Jesus, let the saving arm of Jesus reach them. Cry out, cry out, cry out. It's coming back to life. 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 He's attracted to what you believe, to what you speak, and how you act on your faith. To live out this holy mystery of resurrection power. It's what you believe. What are you saying? Don't speak about it. Speak into it. Prophesy into it. Speak life into it. I don't care if it's in the middle of a funeral procession. Speak life. Act on that faith. Stop saying you believe there's power in the name of Jesus, but the way you behave and the way you act speaks. No, act like it, speak like it, talk like it. Yes, live the kind of life like you believe. Not Sunday belief, but everyday believe. Do you believe God's promises? Let me ask, do you believe God's promises? If you believe, raise one hand. Speak it. Act on it. Act on it. I promise you, you will see miracles, signs, and wonders. You will see the dick. Raise both hands. I'm going to pray for you right now. If there's something in the coffin, whatever it may be, it could be someone that you love or it could be your own dream. Maybe you gave up on your dream. Maybe you're burying your dream because it hasn't come to pass. Maybe it's a calling. Maybe it's an entrepreneurial vision. 
Maybe it's a gifting, a ministry, an anointing, a passion that you're bearing. Maybe it's you're bearing peace. Maybe you're saying, I'm never going to be peaceful. I might, might as well just call it a day. Let me bury any idea that I'm ever going to be happy or peaceful. Or living a life of integrity. I'm never going to live right. I'm never going to be able to overcome this addiction. I'm never going to be able to overcome this. I'm always going to fail God. You need to, maybe, maybe that, if it's in the coffin right now, raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh Christ, right now we cry unto you, asking you to touch the coffin. Asking you to bring back to life every single item, truth, idea, person, destiny, dream, gifting, calling, anointing, purpose, passion, promise that comes from you. Whatever died prematurely, bring it back to life. Whatever died because of sin, bring it back to life. Whatever died because of the devil in hell, bring it back to life. Whatever died because of our own doings, bring it back to life. Not next year, but do it now. In the name of Jesus, we speak life right now into every circumstance, into every home, into every relationship, into every mind. We speak life, 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 life in Jesus' name. If you believe it is done, Give them a praise like you actually believe it is done. Somebody give God one more shout of life right now in this place. Hallelujah! 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 It's coming back to life. time you're going home was Jesus attracted to the dead boy he was attracted to what the words that come out of your mouth can prompt God to touch someone else that's crazy that word for you and your family don't move we're going to do something very important now three people three people this week from now to next Sunday I'm going to encourage you to find three people in your life that are in a coffin you know what I mean that, that's a metaphor that are spiritually dead and I want you to speak life into them either call them, text them, DM them but there has to be some sort of communique where you speak life into them watch the miracles of God watch people set free 
I've given this example. If you remember, I'm going to give it again. If you don't remember, there was a service we had many years ago. There was a, in the middle of the service, it was, it was, like a, it was actually a, a midweek service. It was a midweek service, and it was after 9 o'clock, approximately 9-11. And I say that because I remember the testimony coming back. There was a service just like this. We spoke prophetically, and we said, here's what we're going to do. You have a loved one right now who's dying or dead in sin. And right now as we speak, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to hit them right now. Matter of fact, you have a son who's addicted, a person who's addicted. Right now as we speak right now, the power of God's going to hit them wherever they're at. That's all we said. Right there, right? There was a lady who came to us that week, Sunday after. A little, little lady came up to us, came up, and she testified. She said, Pastor Sam, I want you to hear this. My son is a heroin addict. We prayed here midweek. Remember when you said at 9-11 that God was going to hit him? My son was in the alley, shooting up, a shooting alley, shooting up with his friends. I want you to hear this, Pastor Sam. She's crying, bawling out. She's going, oh, my God, God is real. I go, what's up? She goes, my son that night called me about 11 o'clock. Home. He hasn't called me in so long. I said, what's going on? He says, Mom, what are you up to? I said, what do you mean? He said, you're up to something. And she says, we haven't talked. And he went, no, you're up to something. He went, what do you mean? He says, Mom, right after 9 o'clock, I was doing my thing. You know, Mom, my thing, right? My thing. I was trying to shoot up. I don't know what you were doing, Mom, but the needle wouldn't go in. Mom, my skin turned into solid rock. It just wouldn't go in. I tried everywhere, and it failed. And all of a sudden, I felt God tell me it's the last day you will ever do this for the rest of your life. I'm here to tell you right now, new season, there is power in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you right now that God is able to do all things. My God, all things are possible in the name of Christ. Are you receiving this? So I am believing for you to cry out. And those coffins will be emptied out. The dead will come back to life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen, 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 amen. Close your eyes for one second. I'm going to do this right where you're at. There's so many of you. So many of you. So I'm going to do this differently right now. We Don't move. Real quick. If you say, Pastor Sam Rodriguez, oh goodness, this message was for me. Pastor Sam. Pastor Sam. There's a coffin and a procession in my life right now. It's people that I love, and, and there's even ideas and destiny and purpose, and there are things in the coffin. I want them to come back to life right now. If that's you where you're at, you're not even going to come up here. There's so many of you. I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. But if you say, Pastor Sam, I desperately need Jesus to touch the coffin right now. I need divine interruption. I want God to change the outcome. I want God to change the outcome. I, I, I'm on my way in the procession. I'm about to bury something. And God spoke to me today through this message telling me, I'm about to divinely interrupt you and change the outcome. This funeral procession is about to become a celebration. So if that's you right there where you're at, raise your hand quickly. Whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a loved one. It could be something in you. Let me pray for you. Right there with your hand raised. Father, in Jesus' name, Right now, I speak for every hand raised in this place, in this auditorium, and those listening online around the world. I speak your resurrection power. Lord, just like Jesus touched the coffin in that village on that day, and that boy came back to life. 
Lord, I speak right now your promises of resurrection power. Lord, right now, touch every coffin, every mental coffin, every emotional coffin, every relational coffin, every spiritual coffin. Touch financial coffin, destiny coffin. Touch every single coffin right now. Whatever is there that's dead, bring it back to life in Jesus' name. God of the process is the God of the outcome. And even if the process already took place, you can still change the outcome. Lord, change the outcome right now. Right now, change it to life. Not only life, but John 10, 10, abundant life. John 3, 16, eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, new life. Do it now, right now. Do it now in the name of Jesus. Do it now. And by the time they get home, wherever there were coffins and a procession, let there be celebration and a party in the name of Jesus. Change it right now by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, somebody shout, it is done. Somebody shout, it is finished. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.